in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Moolah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's bad with money with Gabe S. Done. Hello, welcome to Bad With Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. I'm Gabe Dunn. Welcome back to the show, Tori Dunlap. Do you want to tell my audience who you are and what you do? Thanks for having me back. I am the founder of Her First 100K, which is a money and career platform largely for women. I believe I was put on this earth to fight for women's financial rights. So I help women all over the world, really, but especially the United States, save money, pay off debt, start investing, negotiate their salaries. Yeah, it's what I believe I was put on this earth to do. I love it. The last time we were here, you said the Dave Ramsey episode. And so we mostly just screamed about Dave Ramsey. And that was a fun one. And then I wanted to have you back just to like ask regular questions. I still have the book somewhere on my bookshelf. I like don't want to throw it away because I don't want to like throw away books. But like somebody actually it was like behind me in a video and somebody was like, you have a Dave Ramsey book. (laughs) And I was like, purely for like a collaboration takedown episode between financial feminists and bad with money. I've also got a bookshelf full of books that are red flags, including <laughs> like a Jim Cramer book. And oh. yeah, we did and and a Warren Buffett book. So I'm I'm full of red flags as well. <laughs> I was on CNBC. We did like a stock draft 
and they invited me, which was very nice. And then they had Jim Cramer analyze the stock picks. No. Like each person would pick one. And literally my my business partner and I, who was like, you know, the, my partner in the stock draft was like, all right, we know we've done something right if Jim Cramer doesn't say that this was a smart pick. Yeah, if he's pissed off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh so my yeah, God. Really wow. Okay. So basically I wanted to ask you about business stuff because you started out your business as just yourself, right? So how long was it just you? It was actually just me for not that long. Back when, you know, this was just a side hustle, I was running a marketing for or for brands. That was what I was doing in my nine to five as I was working as a social media marketer. And then I was running her first hundred K on the side. And at the first uh, first couple of years, it didn't even have that name. It was like a blog for 20 something women. It was like, I was obsessed with Tumblr for a while. And so it was like peak, like, yeah, it was like travel, career, lifestyle of a 20 something, just trying to figure it out. Like it was very much that. What was it called? It was called Victory Media, which is still technically our parent company. It was a playoff of my name. Victory Media. It was a playoff of my name. Yeah, it was like, live life victoriously. Was Oh, our, Lord. Was it sounds line. like a cult. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, that was back in the day. That was like 2016 to early 2019. And really, that was like me cutting my chops and trying to figure out like what I wanted to talk about and like how like how I could honestly serve people best. And I started realizing like, oh, every time I talk about travel or talk about my career. It's about like making money or like saving money. I would talk about, you know, going to Costa Rica, but I'd talk about, you know, finding the cheap flight deal or something like that. And I was also starting to become just kind of honestly, like more in, in touch with understanding politics. I graduated college in 2016. I was 22. Mm -hmm. I was becoming radicalized really is what happened is I was starting to understand, oh, I thought I would be coming into womanhood in a country with Hillary Clinton as president. And of course that's not what happened. And so I was trying to figure out the kind of person I wanted to be. And so the more conversations I was having, the more I was understanding my own privilege, the more I was like, okay, what can I do to help women? And the more I was realizing in my own life, when I had money, I had options. I was like, oh, I think I want to talk about this. And that took a couple of years to figure out. So in 2019, we like rebranded to her first 100K because I was trying to save Mm -hmm. 100K at 25. And that was when we started, like for the first time I started like hiring people. And it was like, I didn't have a lot of money. It was like five hours a week. It was just like, help me with graphics and like answering people's emails. And then it expanded from there. Who are you hiring? Yeah, it was a lot of actually the first person that I hired was uh, our marketing manager. And she just recently left probably three to six months ago. And she was like, right. Uh, no, like 19, like 18 or 19. We had met at like a networking event. And I was like, hey, I need some emails built. She was a really good writer, a really good photographer. And so we worked together to, to kind of build that. And then she later expanded into like a full time role and and was working while she was she was in college. And so when I was, you know, trying to figure out like how to build the business, it was like, okay, I have limited funds. I can't hire somebody who charges, you know, hundred dollars an hour to, right. to do this. So it was, you know, figuring that out. And then also very limited amount of time. It's something I'm really thankful I did. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially minority entrepreneurs, think they need to do everything themselves. Right. And actually the moment you can outsource, like outsource, it was so helpful to have more bandwidth to do the things that only I could do, right? She couldn't show up and speak as me or like show up on a podcast as me, but she could answer emails or help people or write Instagram captions. And so our marketing hires were the first couple people that we ended up hiring. So how do you 
know at that point, like how to hire someone and like what, you know, what the salary should be and how do you like make sure you're not getting fucked on taxes? Like, yeah. You know, how do you how do you how do you go about being like, okay, I'm just like a person and now I'm like hiring someone? Yeah, I mean, that was something that I was learning, too, because unfortunately, like nobody like hands you the handbook about how to navigate that. I think for me in the early days, I thought like, oh, you hire somebody who's like a W2 nine to five employee and you pay them benefits. And then I was like, I can't afford to do that. Like, I'm not even that person. Right. I don't even this isn't even my full time thing yet. But it started as like, oh, if I'm side hustling, maybe I can find people who also want to side hustle. Right. They have some time or they have something they want to pursue and build in terms of skill sets on the side. So those were the kind of people I turned to. I have this theory that like you either hire based on like the talent and the skills somebody's already cultivated or you work to build those skills in them by like collaborating. I could not afford the person again who already had like the crazy skills and all of that. But I could afford somebody who was, you know, 19, 20, 21, who was trying to navigate this in the same way that I was, you know, not pay them, you know, a a wage that feels commiserate with their experience, but also is like not, you know, a hundred bucks an hour expert level and train them. I used to joke that like, you know, it was like I was building a Frankenstein of like building them the way that I wanted them and training them and giving them that experience. And so it was contractors. It was like, you know, signing a contract and making sure that, you know, the terms are agreed upon by either party. And, you know, by and that time I definitely didn't have lawyers and it was just like reading right. what I had found on the internet and like using rocket lawyer, I think for like a contract and rocket back when it was a side lawyer. hustle. I know it's, it's like little itty bitty. It's so funny to think about, but like, that's what I did for, for a while. And then of course, when it started to, to expand in 2020 and I quit my job in late 2019 to run it as a business, it was like, oh, we're starting to make substantial money. And every time we had like this huge like increase in in the revenue we were making. That was the first thing I did was give people raises. And that was my favorite thing is like bonuses every time we did well, every time, you know, we were m- meeting that next level of revenue, we increased, increased people's pay. But yeah, nobody hands you the handbook on how to navigate all of this. And you kind of just learn as you go. But yeah, the big thing is it's like I was finding people who aligned with the mission, who, you know, didn't have a lot of experience, but who I could train with my time as opposed to, you know, throwing money at it to to be able to grow the business and to also grow them as team members and their own skill set. How do you trust someone with answering your emails? <laughs> like, how do you uh, trust someone with, with yeah. a delegation like that? Honestly, I just did. And that might be a little naive. I, that's a question I get a lot, Gabe, is like people are like, why? Like, how? I can't give this away. This is my baby. I can't trust anybody. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, I feel that way actually more now than I did back then, weirdly. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But it is one of those things like it, it, I, I do see it as like something that is black and white of you either want this business to grow and you hire people or you like let that discomfort end up like fucking you, to be honest. Like I the best thing I did was hire people and you find people that you trust 
And there's also, I've made plenty of hiring decisions that weren't good fits. Like there were plenty of times where I was like, right. yeah, that person wasn't a good fit. That's what I wanted to ask. Yeah. And that happens. And I think the biggest thing is that those people will typically show you early. Like, especially in those early days, I remember we had somebody that we hired who just like cold pitched us. She was a college student. She's just like, I want to work for you. And I was like, cool. Okay. Like we sat upon a rate together and figured that out. And within a couple of weeks, she was like, she just wasn't communicating. She wasn't like performing. And, you know, we had conversations about like, you know, bettering her performance. And this was before, again, we were like an established business with like performance reviews and that kind of thing. But it was very clear to me. Oh, you do have performance reviews? Oh, now a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 We're a team of 12. And so we have, we have, you know, the hierarchy and everything. We're a completely remote team. We can talk about that too. But Yeah. yeah, it's, it's like you start to realize that your gut is always going to be right. Like truly, and that sounds woo woo, but like my gut has never been wrong. My gut has never been wrong. And anytime I have not listened to my gut, it's when I've fucked myself over. Like listening to that gut feeling when you're talking to a potential hire and also understanding like there's a certain level of not only professionalism, but the person has to understand, of course, the job and the skill set, but also like the level of, of, know how to say this like (laughs) as as you grow into like a public person right there is like this certain element of like a lot of people that we've sourced to hire were people who followed her first 100k and were huge admirers of it which is very kind but like that gets to be weird when you hire somebody because they start to see you as a real person which is what you hope they do in general but like you do have to find that balance as you grow because some people are just like, oh, I just want to be involved. And I'm like, great, cool. Versus like, oh, I actually have the skill set and I have the expertise in order to do this job. In the early days, I had friends who called me the Oprah of jobs because I was was growing and I was really excited. And I was like, okay, this is how I give back to people. This is like, I give people jobs that pay right. well and like I train them and like I have this opportunity now and this privilege. So I'm going to leverage that privilege. And what happened was I hired people who are incredible people, but who often didn't have the skill set they actually needed. And so that's, that's the balance you have to find with also understanding, especially if you're just getting started, you can't pay the expert to do it. I feel like I'm talking in circles, but yeah, no, it's like, no, no, you're you not, you're not you because no, you're not because I got like, I feel this, this thing where I just want to have money so that I can like executive produce all my friends films. And like, I want to just like give people money. I just want to hire people. And like, you know, I, I think it's really important to pay people for their work. So you know, and then I get like resentful because I hear of people that are more successful than me who don't pay. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. Like, you know, like I see that's how they're able to do all this stuff. That's how they're able to like, you know, get away with making four videos a week is because they don't pay the person. I just talked to another women entrepreneur and I'm not going to name names, but literally they were like, yeah, we, I, when I first started the business for like a year, I didn't pay anybody and we had 40 people. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Like what? That was right? bonkers crazy to me. I would get canceled into oblivion. Oh, me too. Oh God. That's the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh, the internet would not shut up if I did that. Like, and it's also just not, I don't think it's the right thing to do. Like, I think that, you know, again, and this was the challenge is like, When you are a business owner, especially if you're just getting started, you don't have a lot of money. Like you don't have a lot of money. And 
but you still need to pay people. I think in the early days, and I can talk numbers, it was literally like I was 24. I had hired a 19 year old. I think I paid them at first like 10 bucks an hour because they lived in Georgia and that was like above minimum wage. Yeah, that's not bad. And then as they grew, it was like, okay, 12, 12, 50, 15, 20. Like, again, it was like, as soon as I had money, that was the first place I went to, to, mm-hmm. to, to diversify that. So yeah, it's, it's challenging. And that's why I do think you either hire based on experience, but you also are going to, of course, have to pay money for that experience, or you're going to pay time to train somebody how you would want them to work. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business, and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible. And the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. NetSuite.com slash bad with money. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time consuming. I'm sure you guys know you've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top rated personal finance app, also has built in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. 
Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host the show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen... I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Like, how do you train someone to answer your emails as if they're you? Or what do they do? That's a good question. Are they saying like, I'm Tori or are they saying like, this is Tori's assistant? It's typically this is Tori's assistant. We have like a general contact inbox and then they're they're answering like doing customer support and that kind of thing as themselves. Like on Instagram, people are writing as me. But I think most of us know they now are? that if you're a big enough. I know. Exactly. Like if you're oh a big enough brand. God. <laughs> some people can still think that I'm doing this alone. Like, I'm sure people think that about you as well. Like, some people still think, I'm looking like, at my own Instagram. Are you? I look at my Instagram all the time. And sometimes I write the captions, but I'm not writing the captions all the time. Oh, my God. And that's also also for my, like, own mental health. It's because people scream on the Internet all the time. That and is I just, extremely I, true. I honestly can't take it. And this is the thing you might not know about me or listeners might not know about me. I have this very, like, fuck it up persona where I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, right. I am a little like chocolate center. Like I am actually so like, I just, I am Leslie Nope. I want you to like me. Well, that's yeah. me too. People think I'm so ready to fight and I'm so not. No, I'm like, please be nice to me. I'm sorry I upset you. How can I make this okay? Like, that's literally like, like men, I don't care. But like when it's women or other folks who are like, 
I like, I'm like, how can I, how can I make this okay? So I, that's part of it too. Is it's just like, I, for my own sanity, cannot be in the DMs all the time, cannot be in the comments all the time. And that is actually, we can talk about that. That is a balance that I have yet to find because in the early, probably 2020, 2021, I was like, I don't want to touch Instagram anymore. There was like a period of time where like, I did not have the login on purpose. I was like, I don't want the login. Like, I don't want the login because I will log in and I will, I will go in there. And it was also like a work boundaries thing because I, you know, would say, okay, I'm done working. But then I would scroll through Instagram myself as the user. And then I would see somebody comment and I was like, oh, I can answer that question really quick. And then I would start working and not even realize I was working. So that was part of it too. It was just like a lot of angry people on the internet, but also like I have bad boundaries because I care about this thing so much. And because her first hundred K was my Instagram. That was like Tori Dunlap's Instagram. So when I wanted to go on social media as just like a person, I was in the business account scrolling. And then I was like, oh, I can comment and I can like answer this person's question. Or I can send this link. And then suddenly I'm working. So that was part of it too. I know we're off on a tangent, but in terms of getting people to answer your emails, nobody is in my inbox. My like Tori at her first hundred K, that is me. Nobody's in my inbox. And people, when they email us, they often will say like, hi, Tori, but that's just going to the general contact inbox. And people who are responding, respond with their own name. So yeah, I sometimes do make myself up an assistant, which I think anybody's done. I know. Okay. Can we talk about that? Yes. <laughs> Scott is my made up assistant. Scott? Um, Yes, he is a man on purpose <laughs> or a, a seemingly male identifying person. He's a man on purpose. Why? We've seen the stats and the studies that show that men are taken more seriously, especially when they try to negotiate something and when they pitch on behalf of someone who is not a man. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, I very rarely do it. But like sometimes like if I'm pitching like a brand or a collaboration or something, yeah. I have a team internally that does the majority of that. But if I'm trying to do something just for like me or like to help them, it's from Scott. So if you ever get an email <laughs> from Scott, it's definitely a real person. I love being like, wow, Scott sounds hot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Home? No, he's a part kidding. of me somehow. But <laughs> he, lives, he lives inside of me. I don't do it a lot, but I do it occasionally. Are you an LLC? What are you? We are an S Corp. So. Okay. So how did you figure out like what needed to happen with taxes? So that's the fun thing is we're actually just transitioning our business now. Literally like June 1st was the technical starting date for W2. Up until oh. that point, everybody was contractors. Now we did a kind of hybrid model where we paid them a stipend for retirement and a stipend for health insurance because we didn't, we believe in paying for people's health insurance. Oh, you do, you do that. Yeah. But now we're moving into W2 because our team's expanding. And this is a whole other thing that is complicated. When you navigate to W2, you technically have to incorporate a business in every state that someone is okay, living yeah. in. So okay, that's, yeah. that's how we got around it in the early days was we would just hire people as contractors. You know, the pro for, for individuals was they got to work from wherever they wanted, right? They got to use their own equipment. They got to mostly pick their own hours, except if we had like meetings and that kind of thing. And the pro for us is that, you know, taxes were easier. And then we just, we just compensated them with a whole package as if they were like a W-2 employee with you oh. know a healthcare stipend, a retirement stipend, that kind of thing. Okay. And it was cash that they could use for whatever they wanted. So it was almost like part of their total salary. Um, then as you expand, you realize like you can you can't do that for 
as you, you know, get to more and more people and, and especially like how you would like people to work, it was clear for us of like, okay, we need to navigate into this. However, it is a process. My COO that has been most of her job lately is just like transitioning us into a W-2 model. So yeah, when you open, when you, when you start, okay, hiring people with a W-2, We are a remote team. One of the cool parts about us up until this point is it's like, yeah, you can work from any state, right? As long as you're, you know, a United States based Mm -hmm. person. So, you know, we had people from all over the country and sometimes people would go and work abroad. But as long as they were filing their taxes in the United States, it was fine. The issue now is that with W-2, you have to incorporate wherever people are working. So we, in that transition, it's extremely expensive to incorporate a business in uh, one state, yet alone, you know, six or seven. So that was part of the transition was figuring out, like, what does that look like? What is the cost of that? And also just like the the actual cost of the transition into running a W-2 focused business. Yeah. I mean, so how does that work with like, each state or people going uh, if they fought that nobody files from abroad, right? No, no, because it's, you know, if I'm working in Paris, but I am based in Seattle, Washington, right? I'm still filing my taxes as a U.S. based citizen. If you were like living permanently in a different country, we actually don't hire people outside of the United States for that reason. It's just because it's a tax headache. Like it's so much work to try to like navigate that. So that's kind of the the difference. And it's it's tricky. It's like, again, stuff that I didn't know. You, you know, I have a really great legal team now. We have a good accountant. We bring people in to be able to advise us on all of this. And yeah, it's something that literally I had a friend of mine who's also a business owner and who's also like a media attorney sit mm-hmm. down with me and like, I think it was 2020, 2021. And we were, we were chatting and she's like, oh yeah, you're lawyers. And I was like, oh, I don't have any of those. And she's like, you need to get some lawyers. <laughs> yeah. That's a, you just learn sometimes by doing this. It's like, oh, it's time for, it's time for a legal team. It's time for an attorney. It's time for a good accountant. And you know, it's, it's important to realize like, okay, this is working. And in, you know, six or um, six months or nine months or a year, this will no longer be working. So we need to start that process now. So the W-2 transition was like, okay, this needs to happen because in the next couple of years, this is not going to make sense anymore. So we need to do this now. Are you doing the hiring? Like, are you sitting down and interviewing the people? That's a great question. I also realized while we're talking about lawyers, I need to give a general legal disclaimer that like, I am not a financial advisor or an accountant or a lawyer. These are just the things that I've learned. So like counsel people who know more than I do before you make a decision. I am at the final stage of the interview process. So I do typically with like our final, let's say two or three candidates, I'm sitting down and being like doing kind of like the vibe check and the like, you know, meeting me, understanding, you know, getting their questions answered, that kind of thing. The Mm -hmm. like early process is handled now by members of my team. So if we're hiring, you know, a marketing role, it's getting handled by our marketing manager and our CPO. And then our COO comes in later. And then I'm the kind of like final buck stops here person who's like doing probably a half hour conversation with them at the end. How do you decide what you need or how do you decide okay, so there's a, there's a gap here. And if it's worth it, like, let's say someone's like, if it's worth hiring someone to do it. That's a great question. It's something that we think about all of the time. One of the mistakes that I made 
in being the Oprah of jobs is when we started exploding and when we started growing, I was like, cool, we have this money. We can hire people. We can give people jobs. Oh, we need this and we need this and we need this. And then things started to settle down. Mm -hmm. And I realized, oh, we probably actually don't need this as much as I thought. And finances get tighter when you have more people, right? You have to make more money in order to employ more people. So I think one of the big things is if you are thinking, should I hire somebody? I really need somebody. You've probably are already six months too late to that conversation. Really? Yeah. I've tried, at least in my experience, if I'm going, wow, I really need somebody. I've needed somebody for three to six months before then. And either just like been in denial or it's like caught up to me. So what I, what we really try to do now is be more strategic in like what we're going to need. And that takes, this is like, we could talk about this for like three hours, I just know. like business planning. But like, you know, oh, if I'm going to launch this huge new sexy product next year, I need to be hiring somebody now because it's going to take, okay, probably two months to find somebody to go through the interview process to get them started. At least it's going to take them, you know, a couple yeah. months to like feel out and understand, you know, how the role works and what the job is and how the team works and then to actually get started doing something. So we're trying to be more intentional. And that's, I think one place that I've really learned as, as someone leading a company is when to hire versus like uh, when it doesn't make sense. I've also realized that there's kind of, again, this is like very black and white. This is not, this doesn't like fully encapsulate people as people. But I think what I've started to realize is like, there's two kinds of hires. There's like hustlers and then there's experts. Mm, Okay. That's interesting. And hustlers are just like people you need to like do something well, but like repeatedly. So like we have, you know, like an assistant partnerships person who is there to just like pitch people. Oh, what does that mean? Like, like to, to find companies to work with? Yep. So, Hey, X airline, I would love to work with you and do a branded partnership or that's amazing. Yeah. We would, you know, this conference, Tori spoke at this conference and you should have her speak here, right? That's like someone who you want, who's of course professional and good at their job, but it's just like doing a couple things over and over and over and over and over again. Right. Mm -hmm. Then you have like experts, who are people who are, yeah, the typically six figures and above people who are like, I'm putting together an entire marketing strategy and I am like optimizing how products get sold or, you know, I'm leading, like I'm doing the operations of a company. Those are people who you really do need to invest in, in terms of expertise and cost. And it's different skill sets. No, not one is more valuable than the other. They're just different. And what often happened for me is I would hire at an expert level salary, someone who I actually just needed to just like send a bunch of emails or to cold call people or to, you know, engage with our community. And then the flip side as well. Sometimes I would hire, you know, people who are really good at hustling. Oh, I might've just said the same thing twice, but you can see like, (laughs) sometimes I would, I would hire for the wrong position or I hire the wrong person in the wrong role. And so I think that that's one thing I've really started to realize is this, like there's certain positions that it's just like, I need this person to be like on top of it and doing something consistently versus like, I need this like grand overview strategic person. And that's like a different price point, a different level of experience And that's been really helpful for us as we've moved forward. 
you know, this is like terrifying because like it, it, it's one thing to have a business that's just you. And it's another thing to have a business that's like involving other people. And like if that business doesn't do well or isn't, yep. you know, like has a bad whatever, then you're like, you know, you're responsible for all these people. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that I wish the Internet was more understanding about. Oh, there's just times where some people will yell at us for like working with a certain brand. And it's not like oh, I'm working yeah. with like Enron or something, but like, you know, people will. No, it's never Enron. No, but people will scream at me. Do you know what I mean? It's always just like, right. Like we worked with a dry shampoo company that uses chemicals. And I'm like, they all use chemicals. Like they all use chemicals. There's chemicals in everything. And I don't condone chemicals, but it's also like, this is not just about me anymore. Like, I pay people's benefits and they are parents and pay for daycare for their children. And like, exactly. there is much more at stake here than like Tory Dunlap's salary. And frankly, like, I don't take money really out of the business anymore because that was the fun thing about like, I built the business to a point, especially when it was like just me or just like two other people, I could put a lot of that money in my own pocket. I don't do that anymore for many reasons. Like I don't do that anymore because I am financially independent. I'm good. So now my job is to make sure the business can support itself and therefore support the people that, that both are in our community and the people that work for us or with us. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. Because I think when you, I think other companies get away with a lot (laughs) you know, a lot worse things, but it's, it's if they don't full stop. Yes. A lot of companies get away with a lot. Yeah. yeah like, you know, whatever worse things than I think uh, we're sort of allowed to get away with, but I will say my, my listeners have been really sweet because the show's gone independent. So since then we've been getting like certain ads on the show. They're, they've been very sweet by saying like, Oh yeah, we know that you're not in charge of the ads, which I'm like, oh, my God, have we learned how the Internet works? This is incredible. Yeah, I think that. And that's the other thing is people think, oh, this business is just still me. And so, like, you know, if she works with this brand, all the money's going into her pocket. And I'm like, no, like I pay myself a salary. Yeah, I got to eat. But like I'm 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 supporting a larger business vision. We're doing advocacy work. We're we're paying people salaries. So, yeah, it is a lot of pressure. It is the thing that sometimes keeps me up at night is realizing like, oh, people are dependent on me. That's the thing. However, I have never doubted my own abilities. Really? I've never doubt. No. To be honest because with you, no. it takes a lot to be like, I'm going to start hiring people and I'm going to start. Yeah. And also <laughs> to, to because you're assuming that you're going to have money coming in for an extended period of time because that person is going to need your need. You're guaranteeing someone a salary, which is terrifying. I mean, guarantee with an asterisk, but yes, I think that one of the things, again, this is like the conversation we could have of just like how to build a business in general is I can plan out my general revenue for the next six months to a year. Like I know what money is coming in on a recurring basis. Like if you told, if you asked me like January, 2024, Tori, what is your revenue going to be? I could give you a number that's pretty close to accurate. Like I could, I could tell you that. So 
when I am planning how the business runs, how it works, I'm thinking through that. Oh, we can't hire somebody right now because that's not going to make sense. This is our low period or our low season based on our previous numbers, based on like what we're set to do. We have recurring revenue streams that give us roughly the same amount of money every month that we can rely on. Right. Right. The, The more the issue is like when those revenue streams fluctuate. When, That's what I'm wondering. Or like when the pandemic hit. Yeah. Pandemic, weirdly, we did great because, because it was like <laughs> personal personal finance advice. Yep. Hello. I also wow. ran a really lean business for a really long time. Like yeah. I was doing so much work as me, the individual. So I didn't have to hire a whole team of people. Like That's so funny. And I think that's one one strength that I have is like, yes, I studied theater. I am a creative person, but also like I'm good at making money. <laughs> like I have the like left brain part of me that is yeah. doing the like graphs and charts and the like profit and loss statements. And I think if you don't have that, you need to find that. Like if you yeah. are the right brain person, you need to find the left brain person who's going to complement that. Mm-hmm. Because I am lucky enough that I think my skill set is both the creative side and also the good at making money side. Just I couldn't duplicate me 12 times. So then it is finding people. I do all the social media for for just between us for bad with money. I make the graphics for my new show. New guys. I make all the graphics myself. I edit the just between us videos. I make the the thumbnails for those. I'm for new guys. I'm now like running like the recording sessions. We have someone that we hired to edit, but like. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm pretty much do everything myself. We need to hire you a marketing assistant. I really, but like with what? You know what I mean? Like, oh my I, God, everything you just said, creating graphics, responding to comments. No, I know, but I, yeah. I do it myself. I reply to the discord. I like do everything <sighs> myself. I know. Yeah, I mean, that was me in the early days. And then, uh, you know, I've it just was always just like, done it. Well, it, it, when it got to the point where I could not do it anymore, right? Like when you have, and you know, I think you've been at this way longer than I do and have much there's there's certain things I think you do way better than than me or HFK just by numbers like we have more followers we have more people right. who are you know who are emailing us and yelling at us and doing all of that and so yeah. when I was smaller I was handling all of that myself and then when we started to grow it was like I can't do this anymore because oh, I'm being asked to speak and oh, I'm I'm coming on this podcast and oh, I'm potentially getting a book deal. Well, I have to go write that book. Like I didn't hire somebody to write the book for me. I did hire an assistant when I was writing the book. I hired an assistant. One question to ask yourself that I ask myself all of the time is like separating your tasks between, I, I mentioned this before, things you absolutely have to do mm-hmm. and things you could outsource to somebody else. Yeah, and like then, Melissa, Melissa produces and edits. Right, right, right. And has her own business like around doing bad with money and and just between us. But I just get so like I have I've had situations where people were commenting for me or were responding something for and like then I just get fucking canceled. <laughs> mm. I just like it's so yeah. or like I say you know, I've had people editing things where I've said, can you please cut this? And then they and forget they to cut it. And then it goes in the episode. And then suddenly I have to leave. I have to leave t- Twitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's you just and I, sh- you and I should talk offline because yeah. it's really difficult to trust somebody. It is it's truly difficult to trust somebody. I think it is important to like under hire people who understand how the internet works uniquely for like something that you and I do is it's like, you have to hire people who understand that like, 
without being too dramatic or like causing too much pressure. It's like, yeah, that the internet, like everything can be screenshotted. Like everything can be, can be discovered. And then I don't want to be like, and then I don't want to throw the person under the bus and say, oh, this person did it, you know? Oh yeah. You can't Rachel Hollis it because that's not going to look good either. Like, yeah, I, I, I feel that constantly. I mean, my biggest fear other than death and eels, which are my two biggest fears is like, I hate eels more than anything is having somebody say something that ends up, you know, completely destroying our business. Like very vulnerably. I, I, I lose sleep over that all of the time. And really this is a larger conversation about the fact that of course on the internet, we don't offer people grace and understanding and we just try to punish them rather than actually holding people accountable. We had a guest on our show episode just came out. She was a therapist and she talked about the difference between accountability and punishment. And I had never heard it put that way. And I was just like, that's it. Like accountability, I think is, you know, you saying, I love you. This thing you did was shitty and I want you to be better, right? Like this thing you did was shitty. I didn't like it, but I'm telling you this because I want you to be better versus I just want to see you suffer. I just want to see you burn. I just want to see you get torched, right? And the internet is not a culture of accountability. It's a culture of punishment. No, we had a woman, we had a woman on for an episode about quitting and the book was generally great. There was a part at the end of the book where she is talking about a trans person and she dead names them. And I had her on the show. I was like, should I? Yeah, I had her on the show. And then in the interview, I was like, hey, that wasn't cool. And then and then she was like, oh, interesting. Like, maybe I'll think about it for the for the paperback. Like people are complicated. So, I mean, yeah. But- and also I'm learning all the time. I'm learning all of the You're time. running a bit like it's like very hard to run a business and be aware of every little thing like oh the you know the shampoo has x y and z like and it's also it's so lonely that's the other thing i wish people talked about more like it is a very lonely thing especially when it's your name on it and i I imagine you feel this way too is it's just like i we have struggled a lot and tried to figure out can her first 100k exist without me like, can her first 100K right. brand be separate from, like, Tori Dunlap? And the answer is, like, kind of. But yeah. at the end of the day, the buck is always going to stop with me. And that used right. to make me really upset. And then I thought about, like, speaking of, like, Oprah or, like, Gwyneth Paltrow mm-hmm. or, like, any of these people who have, like, companies that aren't necessarily their name. Like, I guess, Oprah Magazine, but, like, Harpo, right? Or, like, Goop, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the day, if something happens with one of those companies, the headline is still going to be... Gwyneth Paltrow's goop yeah. sold a vagina egg for $78 or whatever. Like that's still going to be the headline. And so right. the, again, these are larger conversations too about no, the way totally. we treat entrepreneurs that aren't straight white men. Like I could go on a whole tangent about, especially like no, women entrepreneurs because I, I can speak to that. But like we are so critical of women running businesses and we don't give people second chances, but we give Adam Newman millions of chances. Right. And yeah. it's just, yeah. I, I, I didn't mean to devolve into. Like, no, a, no, no. It's I mean, I so think interesting. I agree. I think there's like independent media for queer people that they don't get any grace. They don't. Yeah. And I think people don't understand how tenuous these things are. So you can come at a business like mine or yours or a queer independent media or something thinking that you're going for this like you're going for Walmart right but like right what you're what you're going for is like you're going to in you can criticize and you you can give feedback but 
you don't realize that you're not going up against Goliath. You're going up against another David. And like you, you're going to put them out of business. And it is that tenuous. I mean, especially when you have employees, you know, like if you don't get one payment or like, you know, a brand flakes on you or something, it's like, what are you going to do? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000-plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And I think you've done a really good job of building stuff like products or workshops that are continuous sellers. I've tried to. Yeah. Yeah. Which like what what has that been like? And like, how do you know, OK, this is like something that we could sell as like a, a an ongoing thing? Yeah, you could definitely if you wanted to create products besides the podcast. Oh, I'm sure I can. I create yeah. it. But I also create other podcasts. I, totally. I'm not I'm not a biz. I'm the left brain. What is it? The, I'm the person that's right brain. I'm the creative person. It was honestly, I kind of have a pipeline for for how we create products, especially in the early days. I would do one-on-one coaching with people. Like I would literally drive to the Starbucks 10 minutes away from my house in Seattle and do in-person coaching with people around oh. That was how the business started was it was like me sitting down. Yes, I was creating content on Instagram. I was doing that, but it was like, I charge $49 an hour and I sit down with someone and I like look at their money and teach them what a Roth IRA was. And then what I started to realize is that 95% of the questions were the same question. And so after a while, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I can both make more money and make a bigger impact if I'm not doing this one-on-one, but if I'm doing it in a group setting. So then I started doing workshops and I just structured the content of the workshop based on like how these coaching sessions would normally go. And it would be a workshop where there's multiple people in the workshop? Yes. Yeah. So- The coaching was nice because at first, one, I was making a little bit of money. Two, I was building my own confidence and also understanding how to present things to people. Like it was Mm -hmm. almost like I was beta testing, but still getting paid for it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, if I use this metaphor to explain this thing that connects with people. So Mm -hmm. I like increased my own confidence, understood what the curriculum is going to be. Then I went to a workshop where it was, you know, 30, 50 people virtually. It was like personal finance 101, right? And then I did yeah. that workshop for probably nine months to a year where I was still, you know, doing a Q&A at the end. I was, again, building my own confidence and my presentation skills, understanding how to explain things to people. How much were you charging per person? $99. They got a free replay and like a workbook with it. So I love a free replay. Yeah. So then... This was, you know, again, we're at like year two or three. Then that became a course. And then I could just mm-hmm. sell that without having to do any like active work myself. Right. Mm-hmm. We have some like customer service things. If like somebody types their password in wrong or something like that's pretty passive once you've created the content. So that creates this really nice like flow, right? Of like, okay, I've tested this content with one person. I feel confident or, you know, five people, 10 people. Okay. Now I'm going to do a workshop. Now I'm going to create a course. And that's how we started building products in the early days. The second thing is that people will tell you what they want. Mm -hmm. 
they just won't, you know, they, they don't want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I remember one of my friends who's also like an online entrepreneur, like she, <laughs> and I messaged her after and I was like, Vic, you cannot do this. She like posted a, like a video of like her merch or something. And she's like, how much would you pay for this? And of course people were like $2. And I was like, yeah, her name's Victoria. I was like, Victoria, you can't do that. I was like, Vic, you cannot ask them what they pay because they'll tell you nothing. <laughs> so it's, it's like, but ask people like, they will ask you what questions they have. They will comment in, you know, your Instagram posts or you can literally post on your DMs. Like what comments do you have? So we're in the midst of building a product that will launch next year called Finance for Couples because the one of the big questions we were getting is it's like, how do I manage money with a partner? My partner and I fight about money all the time. I'm getting engaged and I don't know how to manage money with somebody else. So like that comes from people asking us. And that way, you know, you're building a product that has customers because people are already asking for it. And you know that you're building something that's going to be useful because, again, and people, people probably Google it. it. Yeah. So you could do an SEO play if you wanted of making sure you you have those keywords right for like finance for couples or like mm-hmm. how to stop fighting about money with your partner or something yeah. like that. You should have Allison on your show to talk about relationship stuff. My I would love that. partner that I do just between us with. She's writing a book about marriage. You probably know the stats. It's the number one reason that partnerships end. It's the number money is the number one reason. Yeah. I mean, it was it, it, it it's certainly come out. Money has come out in the wash. You know what I mean? It's certainly been an issue. So I I'm now I'm highly cynical. So like when you were talking, I was there, you were like, how do I do finance with my partner? And I was like, don't. I have had conversations with my partner. We have been dating for about a year and I literally am. I told him probably a couple weeks in of just dating. I was like, if this goes any further and if we end up like coupling, like you're signing a prenup. Like I told him absolutely. You're not coming near my shit. Don't even try. And I, I will build a beautiful relationship with you full of love and we will share certain things. But like, no, we're signing a prenup and that's to protect you too. Like, nope, we're, this is a non-negotiable for me. <laughs> and he's like, great. And again, any any person who is like not threatened by that is the kind of person I'm into. So I was like, great. Right? That That's a, a real red flag if somebody is really like, I don't want to talk about it. But so, I mean, that's a great resource. Like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that's just like overwhelming to, like I know stuff that I could do and I just get like so overwhelmed about it. And then I'm like, oh, I could hire someone to do it. And then I'm like overwhelmed by the I yeah, but then I'm overwhelmed by the idea of hiring someone. So oh, I guess I just did. I guess I just hired someone to edit the new guys podcast. So maybe I'm acting like it's a bigger deal than it is. No, and it's great. And it's it's like so it shows up on all like these like bro TikToks, but truly like the the phrase like choose your hard has been like really helpful for me lately. Let's choose your hard. It's basically like this thing's hard, but this thing's also going to be hard and you choose what's harder. Like you choose what is hard. Talking about money is going to be hard, but also not talking about money is going to be hard. So you got to choose your hard. And like, again, it's usually used as like the motivation to go to the gym of like, you know, choose your hard. <laughs> but like for me, it is like, you know, there's a lot of things that are difficult and either you choose the hard and stress of like, oh my God, I feel overwhelmed and it would just be easier if I hired somebody versus like, would it be harder for you to hire someone because I'm deathly afraid of anyone else making a post on my Instagram? <laughs> and we can talk offline about that too. But really, I think, yeah, it's, 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 it's like bro as it sounds. It's, it's like, 
all things are hard. So you got to choose what feels harder. And you can also like decide that some things no longer work for you. Like that's what I had to do too, is like, sometimes I, I will admit I hired people with the best intent and then realize six months later, actually the, this person isn't working out this, this role we don't actually need. Tiffany Alice, who's the budgetista actually told me once, she was like, you cannot sink the ship to save one person. Ooh, I love her. Or you cannot sink the ship to save three people. And I was like, fuck. Yep. Like I can't sink her first hundred K and the success of everybody else. And, and, and all of that, just because like, we need to keep this one person for my own, like, because I feel bad. Like we can't do that. It's really difficult. I think empathy is the biggest thing. It's just like as much empathy as you can have, but also so many boundaries, like so many boundaries. The thing that I've started to realize is like, I am super transparent, sometimes to a fault. And that is sometimes not helpful as a business owner is like, transparency is not everything. Transparency is just giving context. Transparency doesn't have to be every single thing that went into a decision, telling everybody at the company. It doesn't have to be that. And it probably, it shouldn't be that, but it's rather giving context. And that's something that I've learned in making mistakes, either not being transparent enough or being too transparent. Well, do you have any parting business thoughts for someone who's like, this sounds terrifying? It sounds terrifying because quite honestly, it is. I will be honest with you. Like it is, it is. And for me to gloss over and say like, no, everything's going to be fine. Like it is terrifying. However, I think that there's something really powerful about you doing something scared. Again, I feel like I'm doing like throw pillow, like advice, but like truly like. (laughs) Choose your hard, bitch. (laughs) I have learned so much about myself, about how I react to stressful situations, about how strong I am when we've like done things and figured it out as we go. If you don't know, ask good questions. Like seek out resources from people who know more than you. Yeah, you're going to learn. Nobody's, again, going to hand you the handbook. So some of this you're going to have to learn by falling flat on your face and failing. Some of this you're going to learn by counseling other people. Some of this you're going to learn because you did the right thing and it felt good and it worked out well. But I I don't want, especially, I, I know the vast majority of people who listen to the show are a member of marginalized group. Like, I don't want you thinking I need to have the whole thing figured out because you never will. And I need you to start a business. Like, I need you to do the thing you want to do, even if you don't have all the answers, because spoiler alert, none of us do. Like, I am a multi-million dollar business owner. There are still things every single day that stress me out, that aren't working, that I don't know how to do. And we desperately need you to do it anyway because you better believe straight cisgendered white men are doing things and have no idea what the fuck is happening. And so just failing and being like, well, well. Constantly, constantly failing. So yeah, I think that if you are scared, that means it's exciting and challenging. And as long as it feels ultimately like something that you want to pursue. Okay, well, I'm terrified. <laughs> and I remain terrified and I don't trust my own thinking. So oh, anyway, that's, that's a work for a therapist. I will be honest. I with you. know that is that is beyond my skill set. But we we need you and we need all of the advice and, and the expertise that you have. And that's the other thing is like when I do hire people, when I expand the business, I'm thinking, of course, like, how can we make money to support this? But also, like, how can I make a bigger impact? Like, truly, sounds cheesy, but like, how, if I hire this person, how is this person going to help me make a bigger impact in the world? How is this thing that we're implementing going to help people 
And yes, help us make more money in order to do that again, right? That's that's the other thing that's been really helpful for me, especially if you're like a right brain creative person and someone who's like trying to do the right thing. It's, it's just like, you know, hiring people in order to help you keep doing more of the things you're good at is, I think, a great choice. Thank you so much for coming on the show again, just to have a regular conversation. <laughs> Where can people find you and more of your work? Thank you for having me. Her First 100K is my brand and company. I also wrote the book Financial Feminist and host the podcast Financial Feminist, which you have been kind to be on, kind enough to be on. So yeah, I'm out there. You'll find me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bad With Money with Gabe Shane Dunn is a production of Noted Bisexual, produced by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond M. Print Productions, edited by Diane King, post-production sound by Coco Lorenz, and music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Jack Dolgen, as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.